Morning everyone, great to have you with us again this morning and we're continuing with our occasional series about men of the Bible. Today is going to be a little bit different because we're going to focus not on one man, we're going to look at a group of people. In fact we're looking at a band of brothers and what that means, the power and the impact that a band of brothers can have. Now ladies, don't switch off. This is not just exclusively for men because the truths and characteristics that emerge apply equally to the sisterhood. You know, one is the loneliest number. And if you've heard me speaking before, you've heard me say that we were not meant to be lone rangers. We're not meant to do life alone. And as many of us are finding in this time of lockdown and isolation, the damage to our mental well-being can be significant. God recognised this very early on after creating man. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, it says, The Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a suitable helper for him. And there are times, particularly I think for men, when we need to come together to achieve something that's just bigger than ourselves. Something that we can't do on our own. I know that that's what I think, and I'm sure my friends think that too. It's been said that in the Western world today, especially for men, that our circle of confidence has shrunk dramatically over the past 20 years. And the number of people who say they have no one with whom to discuss important matters has more than doubled. Now, this change indicates something that's not good for our society because Ties with a close network of people provides us with a safety net. And the Bible is full of examples showing how when people come together in a common cause, doing the right thing and standing on the truth of God's word, great and noble things can be achieved. One such band of brothers was Jesus' disciples. You see, these were 12 pretty ordinary men at least they were to begin with. And when they worked together, they made such a massive impact on the world. They rocked the nations. And where do we find these guys? Where do we find the story? Well, best place to start is in the book of Acts and the Bible. These disciples were amazing. And the Bible, the Bible tells us a fair bit about how they were called to Jesus and what they did as they had traveled with him what they did after he'd been raised from the dead and historical documents fill in for us the details of what happened to them later. And it's often said that in life, it's not really how you start that matters. It's how you finish. So today, if you're feeling disappointed about your life's journey so far, well, forget the past, focus on the future and aim to end your life well, whenever that might be. Now we'll come back to the disciples a little later, but before we do that, let's look at Easy Company and the Band of Brothers and how this Band of Brothers can point us to Jesus Christ. Marcus Brotherton, who I must acknowledge for some of the insights that I'm sharing here, Speaking about this group of soldiers said this, 
What makes the Band of Brothers so intriguing? We're intrigued by the Band of Brothers because all truth is God's truth and truth is an irresistible draw. A bulldozer cut a jagged swathe up Mount Kurahi, the three and a half mile long incline at Camp Tekoa, Georgia, USA. One company of soldiers, about 140 men, grunted up the trail early one morning in August 1942. They were the men of the now legendary Easy Company. After almost two years of hard training at Tekoa, they parachuted into Normandy on D-Day and then into Holland for Operation Market Garden. They fought their way through Belgium, France and Germany while surviving overwhelming odds in the harshest of battle conditions. And finally, they drank a victory toast in April 1945 at Hitler's hideout in the Alps. Now, Easy Company was immortalised by the historian Stephen Ambrose in his book, The Band of Brothers. And this was turned into a TV miniseries by Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. And over the years, millions have been captivated by the Easy Company saga. Undoubtedly, the Band of Brothers has been one of the most influential military non-fiction chronicles in history. But what makes the Band of Brothers so intriguing? The stories of action and heroism entertain us and inspire us, but there's more. The Band of Brothers shows strength of spirit and character. We're intrigued because all truth is God's truth and truth is an irresistible draw. Four essential virtues are consistently seen woven through the stories of the Band of Brothers. Think of the virtues as pointers to something more. They're invitations for us to emulate the one who epitomises all strength and character. That's Jesus Christ. So the first point is courage. Courage is bravery in the face of fear. We're invited to do the right thing even when it's scary. When we are courageous, we don't give up. We try new things. We live with honesty. We admit mistakes. Courage comes from the strength that God gives us. Joshua 1.9 says, be strong and courageous. And medic Ed Pepping demonstrated courage during a firefight that raged around a small French town in Normandy when Lieutenant Colonel Billy Turner, 1st Battalion's commanding officer, stood on top of a tank turret. He was hit in the head by a sniper's bullet and collapsed. And since Turner was leading a six-tank column, the whole advance halted, exposing the entire column to enemy fire. The tanks needed to get moving again and to get moving quickly. So Pepping sprinted over to Turner's stalled tank and dived headfirst into the turret where Turner had fallen. With the help of the tank's crew, Pepping pulled the battalion commander out. It was an agonising moment. Turner was a good man and much revered. And though he did not live, Turner didn't live, Pepping's courageous actions meant that the tank column could get out of the line of fire, saving the lives of many men. Pepping was awarded a bronze star for his actions. Courage. And next we get determination. Determination means doing something when it isn't easy. We focus energy and efforts on a task and stick with it until it's finished. We dig in to meet the challenges 
even when they're hard or were being tempted and tested. And Philippians 4 and 14 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And while jumping into Holland, Sergeant Forrest Guth's parachute malfunctioned. His main chute opened, but not completely. Since the unit had jumped below 500 feet, there wasn't enough time to open the reserve chute. Guth landed with a thud and he was knocked out. And when he came to, he couldn't move his legs or his back. He was shipped to a hospital in England where they discovered a broken disc in his back and his injury was sufficient for them to send him home. But Guth was determined. The feeling returned in his legs and his back and although he was in a lot of pain, he chose to rejoin his unit and continue the fight. And next we get loyalty. Loyalty means staying true to someone no matter what the cost. It's being faithful to our country, to our family, to our marriage, to our school, to our friends, to our ideals. Loyalty means sticking around when the sticking gets tough. With loyalty, we build relationships that last forever. Proverbs 27.10 says, do not forsake your friend. Corporal Ed Joint also refused to be discharged after being wounded. During the Battle of Foy, he was sent flying from a mortar's blast. Severely wounded in the arm, Joint was taken by stretcher to a field hospital, then later to a hospital in Paris. And Joint recounts the story. He said, a doctor said, you can go home now, soldier. You ain't going to fight no more. But 20 days later, I hitched back to Easy Company. And what made me want to go back? Folks thought I was nuts. But they were my outfit. They were my friends. I couldn't leave them. Loyalty. And the fourth aspect is friendship. Friendship means engaging with people through good times and bad. We authentically share our lives with others and they with us. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him. Sergeant Clancy Lyle recounts how after a month of being shelled in the frozen Bois-Jac woods during the Battle of Bastogne, he began to hallucinate as a result of being exposed to constant stress, fear and cold. One day during a lull in the fighting, he was convinced he saw a bird standing on the edge or the rim of his foxhole. Snow and shelling had long since scared away any woodland creatures. There was no bird. Lyle's foxhole buddy, Private Mike Mazzacone, gave him a hug and brought him back to reality. And Lyle says it was a real shaky time. If it wasn't for Mike, I would have charged the light brigade. He calmed me down and helped me through. Proverbs 18 and 24 says, A real friend sticks closer than a brother. We need real friends. We need friends who we can share a strong bond with. Men who are authentic, honest and loyal. Yes, we need a band of brothers. I need a band of brothers. The men of Easy Company continue to be exemplary 
because they were willing to lay down their lives for the sake of others. They gave much so that we might live for what matters. As Christians, we see these virtues as patterning after Jesus Christ's lifestyle and ministry. God incarnate, think about it, took hell on the cross for us so that we might have life. The ultimate invitation when we read or watch this kind of military non-fiction is to glimpse the virtues that lead us back to the source of all truth, our God and Jesus Christ, his son. In Romans 12 verses four and five, it says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. You see, we're all different. We all have different characteristics. We have different skills and talents and abilities. We get enthusiastic about different things. And that's why when we bring all these different aspects together, then we are stronger than when we stand alone. You see, in a band of brothers, there's always a place for you to belong. When we come to Christ, we are connected like parts of a body and we find a place that we can give and we can get. And in Ephesians 4 and 16, it says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The Bible tells us that we should not stop meeting together. And in these times of lockdown and isolation, it's so difficult when we can't come together to encourage one another. We're beginning to see that in bold relief, even as we're meeting like this using YouTube, the internet, Zoom meetings, team calls, video meetings, WhatsApp video calls, it's not the same. The virtual reality is not the same as the true reality. And we can't really find a place to belong remotely. Now, Margaret and I had the great privilege of visiting the beautiful island of Bermuda last week. And I was speaking to a good friend of mine there who runs a big company. And he says that you cannot build a culture or loyalty. You cannot build camaraderie. You cannot build relationships and respect if all your staff are working remotely and never come together. It's the same for us. We have a common bond in Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit is what binds us together in him and his church is where we find a place to belong. Now, if you're watching this morning as a member of our fellowship, and then I hope you feel like you belong. If you're not a member of our fellowship, if you've never come across this before, and this is your first time here with us in the virtual world, then you're welcome, you're invited. And when we do get back together in person, come and join us. We want you to feel like you can belong. Let me say again, this life was never intended to be lived alone. The spiritual battle that we are in is too important to go it alone. And make no mistake, we are in a spiritual battle. In Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, reading this time from the message version, it says, 
By yourself, you are unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. You see, we have the responsibility not only to pray for each other and to encourage one another, but also to hold each other accountable. To my mind, prayer plus accountability equals strength. Now, getting back to the disciples, let's just look at how these guys not only changed the world, but how their own lives ended. First, we get Andrew. He was a fisherman and his brother was Peter. He was an ordinary sort of guy who was on a search, if you like, um, for fulfillment, as many of us are. And he started off by following John the Baptist. And we heard about him last week in our series on the foreigner. But then Andrew met Jesus. And what was the first thing he did having met Jesus? He got his brother Peter and he took him to meet Jesus too. Andrew was the kind of bloke who just wanted others to meet Jesus. And it said that he was crucified in a cross shape because he didn't feel worthy to die the same way as Jesus. And then we get Bartholomew, who was also called Nathaniel. And now some say this disciple came from a royal background and that his family lineage went all the way back to King David. And tradition says he preached in Armenia and then he went to India, where he was put to death by being flayed alive with knives. Then we get James, another fisherman and brother to John. And his preaching career was cut short in AD 44 when Herod had him put to death with the sword, as we are told in Acts chapter 12 and verse 2. And he was the first of the 12 to die for his faith. Then we get to James the Younger, and he was a fiery, full-on disciple. And tradition says he was crucified in Egypt and his body was sewn into pieces. Lovely. John was another fisherman and he was known as the beloved disciple. He was a man of action and huge ambition, but over time he was mellowed by the love of God. He was banished to the Isle of Patmos and God gave him a vision there. And it was that vision from which he wrote the Revelation, an incredible book at the end of the Bible. He was later freed and died a natural death. And then we come to Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and then afterwards hanged himself. Jude was the brother of James the Younger. He started off as an angry nationalist, but consumed with love of God, he preached his heart out and died in modern Persia after being shot with arrows. Next is Matthew. Now Matthew was a tax collector until Jesus called him. And in those days, a tax collector was even more hated than a tax collector would be today. And with good reason. Because in those days, those tax collectors were selfish and greedy and corrupt. But again, Matthew died a martyr, probably in Ethiopia. And then we come to Peter. Peter was another fisherman and he was martyred by being crucified upside down. Again, he didn't feel worthy of being crucified in the same way as his Lord and Master Jesus Christ. And then Philip. Philip became a dynamic evangelist and preacher, and he died a martyr in Hierapolis. And some say he was crucified, others that they hung him. 
But while he was dying, he asked for his body to be wrapped in papyrus, not linen, because again, he wasn't worthy enough to have his body treated the same way as Jesus. Now you're beginning to see a common theme uh, that comes through all of this. These guys came together and were so committed to the cause, they were so committed to following the instructions of Jesus that everything else fell away. Everything else became unimportant. Nothing mattered. And they were prepared to die for the truth of the message that they were delivering to the world. Simon the Zealot was once a nationalist who would have killed for his cause, but he was so transformed by Jesus that he ended up giving his life to crucifixion. Then there's Thomas. Thomas, the one-time doubter, some sources say he took the gospel to Persia and India and was killed by the spears of four soldiers after 20 years of work in India. So there you have it. 12 men, 10 died as martyrs, one committed suicide and just one died of natural causes. After three years of training under Jesus, 11 of them went out into the world with a message that totally changed it. Shaped, moulded and empowered by the Holy Spirit, they rocked the nations. And they were models of what? They were models of courage, determination, loyalty and friendship. All the qualities that the men of Easy Company displayed too. The disciples achieved so much, something they could not have done alone. They encouraged one another, they supported one another, they shared a common bond, they shared a common goal. And when you next read the gospel about these guys getting gathered up by Jesus and following him around, just think about where they ended up. And think about how Jesus has gathered us and put us in our places of work, our homes, our families, our colleges, our towns, our cities, our villages. And there are more of us than there were of them. And we are tasked with doing even greater things. Now that's quite a sobering thought. It's a challenging thought and perhaps we just better get on with it. But you know one of the things that we need to do as Christians is to soak ourselves in the Word of God. That's the only way we get to know who it is we are following. That's the only way we get to develop the courage to face any challenge in the way that these disciples did, that Easy Company did, a band of brothers. Just think about the difference it would make if all across the country, believing men and women stood shoulder to shoulder with each other. How transformative it would be if we became a movement of men and women who live for Jesus with every ounce of our strength, choosing to take the hit and fight on the front line of the faith battle. For too long, we men have abdicated our responsibilities and failed to be a band of brothers. For too long, we Christian men have let Christian women hold the line in prayer and mission. Maybe it's time for us to get going. And in preparing all these notes and saying what you've just heard me say, I have to confess I've been incredibly challenged in my own walk, in my own ministry, and my own lack of courage. 
perhaps in my own worldliness, too much influenced by the ways of the world and not enough influenced by the ways of God. So, join me today in starting a new chapter, a new season. Let's try and build a band of brothers, a community of sisters, a band of brothers and sisters, if you like, that will have the kind of impact in our community that those band of brothers, the disciples had in their world all those years ago. So we will close there. And my prayer for you this week, as you think on these things, put your trust in Jesus, challenge yourself to do greater things in his name, and let's help change the world that we see around us into something far better and far more reflective of the Father's wishes for us, his creation. God bless you. Amen.